Welcome to episode 8 of the Search with Candor podcast recorded on Sunday the 5th of May 2019. My name is Mark Williams-Cook and I'm going to go through the highlights of this week's search news with you. Firstly, very proud to say apparently 97% of podcasts don't make it past episode 7. It seems like a bit of a wild number to me, but very proud to say here we are on episode 8, so we made it, we are in that 3%, and we've got a really good episode for you today. We're going to be talking about even more Google Search Console bugs, so you're aware about the missing data and about the manual actions you might be receiving that are incorrect. We're going to be talking about a Bing ads rebrand and what to expect from that. And super interesting, an unfixed cross-site scripting bug in Google that potentially has huge ramifications for people being able to use a new black hat technique to essentially inject Google uh, inject links to into Google and make sites rank better. It's been a really bad week for Google again in terms of bugs and things not working properly. We talked previously about the big indexing issue Google had where they had millions of pages just completely drop from their index and affect sites in that they just wouldn't receive any traffic from Google. We also spoke about the rich snippet schema errors Google was experiencing and caching errors as well. And in the last week, we've had confirmed reports on all kinds of issues with Google Search Console again. This time, we've had confirmation that on midweek, so on the 1st of May in this last week, there was an issue with Google Search Console data specifically from April the 9th to the 25th. Google reported that Search Console experienced a data outage that ceased on April 26th. The outage affected all reports except the performance report. All missing data from the 9th to the 25th of April was replaced with the data from April the 26th when data began to be available again. What this announcement is saying is essentially this 16-day period between the 9th of April and the 25th of April, all the data between them was just overwritten from the same data from the 26th. And this period does overlap the indexing bug that we spoke about. So the indexing bug when Google was dropping pages was between the 5th and 11th of April, which means that this data loss will make it very hard to look back and work out which pages and how your site was affected through Google Search Console data. Now, most agencies and hopefully most freelancers or people with uh, you know practicing SEO will be pulling data from Google Search Console and storing it themselves, uh, maybe via uh, sheets and pulling reports into Google Data Studio. But in this instance, there isn't even the data there to pull out. It's just gone. And in a 
in a in a world now where we've got cloud storage and you know Google Search Console serving millions of webmasters, it's it's almost unfathomable that they've lost this data. But that does appear to be the case. It doesn't seem that Google is going to be getting this data back. We saw as uh, so yesterday was Star Wars Day for Star Wars fans, so May the 4th, and um, the Search Console team had released some Easter eggs in Google Search Console with three uh, C3PO, and you could click and kind of have some, some Star Wars stuff in Search Console, which was met, I think, with a little bit of annoyance from a lot of webmasters and described, I think someone put it really well as describing it as a little bit tone deaf in that they had this really serious issue where we've got over two weeks of data just gone and they're they're sort of focusing on on doing these these Easter eggs. It's maybe a bit of a wake-up call if you're relying on free services, maybe even things like Google Drive, that it's a good idea to have your own copy of the data that you own and control as well. So this is something that I I find really unexpected that Google in 2019 could just lose all their copies of this data, but it does appear to to be gone. And at the same time this was happening, so at the same time we've got this issue with data going missing from Search Console, there appears or there appears to have been a problem with the manual action report in Google Search Console. So manual action report is where your site maybe uh, received a penalty. So it's manually received a penalty. You'll normally get a notification of these through Google Search Console. And when you get one of these, it's time to sit up and take notice because this is serious. It's going to have you know, incredibly important repercussions on your site, your search visibility is is definitely something you want to take care of. Uh, Marie Haynes reported on the 30th of April on Twitter, she's tweeted, something odd is going on for sites with manual actions. We have three clients now that appear to have manual actions expire slash clear up on their own. These can certainly expire, but it's odd to have three do it in one day and she tweeted this and there's been multiple confirmations on Twitter from other webmasters on the Google forum support groups and John Mueller did um, tweet saying something weird does seem to be happening there I got some examples from folks and the team here and they're taking a look I'll post an update on once I know more and uh, John did follow up later in the day saying he'd heard back from the team they found the issue and fixed it so if you still see manual actions now it's still worth fixing them and filing a reconsideration request sorry for the brief confusion and thanks for your patience so what's happened there it appears is that there was there was a confirmed bug with the manual action report and Google is saying if you are now still seeing that you have manual actions in Google Search Console that it's worth doing something about them. Probably, we hope. <laughs> it, it, it It's interesting, I when I spoke about this the podcast before last I was saying it's very uncommon for Google to seem to have so many simultaneous issues and this I, I can't help but wonder if all of these things are connected. So there's been a lot of issues around crawling, indexing, and caching, and how this is reported in through Google 
uh, Google Search Console. So we'll have to wait and see how this pans out and, and maybe affects webmasters. But for now, uh, if you're looking for your data for the end of April in Search Console, I'm afraid it's gone and you're not getting it back. And there was a glitch with manual actions. So if you had reports surface, uh, don't worry about it so much. If they're still there, you need to do something about them. Bing Ads is now called Microsoft Advertising. On the 29th of April, the Microsoft team did an official announcement on their blog saying, these days, marketers have more power than ever to identify and reach customers. With data, AI, and automation at your fingertips, it's no longer just reaching more people that matters to growing your brand. It's about making each connection feel one-to-one -one at just the right time and place more meaningful, more timely, and more valuable. This is how we see advertising evolving. We're evolving too. We're changing our name from Bing Ads to Microsoft Advertising. It's a simple shift because our clients and partners already know us as Microsoft, and many are already tapping into our new advertising products that go above and beyond search, such as the Microsoft Audience Network. You'll see the change start today as bingads.com becomes microsoftadvertising.com. Our partner program is evolving too, becoming the Microsoft Advertising Partner Program. Over the coming months, all of our experiences and materials will be updated to reflect Microsoft Advertising. So there we go, just as you've, you're probably finally getting used to calling Google AdWords Google Ads, uh, Bing has rebranded to Microsoft Advertising as well. They go on in the blog post to, to, uh, to cover what you should expect from this change. And they say, in the next year, we're introducing more advertising products with built-in AI, more connected to your data and your business. There are two offerings that showcase ways in which Microsoft Advertising is delivering on this potential. The Microsoft Audience Network. So the Microsoft Audience Network, according to Microsoft, uh, reaches around 400, they say 404 million people per month. And sponsored products is the, the, other, the other products which they say is gonna showcase this. If you haven't heard of sponsored products, sponsored products for Microsoft are only available in the United States. And it's currently a program that's in open beta. In sponsored products, two partners share the cost of advertising as they work to drive product sales through certain channels. Uh, Microsoft say typically these two partners are manufacturers and retailers or ad agencies and their clients who have merchandising agreements with one another. How sponsored products work. Uh, let's, let's say you manufacture widgets and Contoso is one of your authorized dealers. Contoso wants to feature your widgets during their upcoming sale. They've approached you to partner on a marketing blitz of targeted ads designed to drive widget sales and conversions on their website. In partnership, you both agree to share the cost of clicks on a promoted product through your own ad group and your partner's own ad group. So these are two new products which Microsoft are, I think, trying to break away a little bit and make their own ground outside of what Google's offering at the moment. 
We'll still have to wait and see. Um, a lot of marketers I know, paid search marketers, have been fairly, I should say, skeptical of the results that they've been getting from the more AI-driven platforms. Uh, but that's the direction Microsoft's going in at the moment. So we're going to have to get used to calling Bing ads Microsoft advertising now. There's one story in the last week that's really interested me the most, which was a blog post by Tom Anthony, who's VP of product at Distilled. And I've been aware of Tom for many years. I've seen him do talks at places like Brighton SEO, and he's 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 written some really, really interesting pieces in the past. And this is no exception. He's written a blog post called XSS, which is cross-site scripting attacks on Googlebot, allow search index manipulation. And very helpfully, Tom has written a short summary of the, the detailed blog post that he's written. I'll include a link to his full blog post in the show notes so you can read it for yourself. Uh, but his summary uh, reads as this. Googlebot is based on Google Chrome version 41, 2015, and therefore has no XSS cross-site scripting auditor, which later versions of Chrome use to protect the user from cross-site scripting attacks. Many sites are susceptible to XSS attacks, where the URL can be manipulated to inject unsanitized JavaScript code into the site. Since Googlebot executes JavaScript, this allows an attacker to craft cross-site scripting URLs that can manipulate the content of victims' sites. This manipulation can include injecting links, which Googlebot will follow to crawl the destination site. This presumably manipulates page rank, but I've not tested that for fear of impacting real sites' rankings. Very good of you, Tom. Uh, I reported this to Google in November 2018, but after five months, they have made no headway on the issue, citing internal communication difficulties, and therefore I'm publishing details such that site owners and companies can defend their own sites from this sort of attack. Google have now told me they do not have immediate plans to remedy this. This is really interesting. So the basis of this attack is that you can put JavaScript inside a URL, so a, a website's URL, and this can mean that the JavaScript can be included in the content of the page without being, as Tom says, sanitized, meaning that the code is executed in the user's browser, or in this case, in the browser Google is viewing, rendering the site in. If you're sort of an average web user now and you're using Chrome, you're automatically protected from this kind of attack. As Tom says, it has what's called an XSS, a cross-site scripting auditor that will recognize this kind of behavior and block it. Because Googlebot is running a 2015 version of Chrome, Chrome 41, it does not appear to have this cross-site scripting auditor. This means that if you cleverly craft these URLs to inject JavaScript on the page, that when Google does come around to rendering these pages with the JavaScript, the JavaScript content will be included. 
And Tom in the blog post has demonstrated that he can create malicious URLs that firstly inject both content and links onto a page. And secondly, he's altered canonical tags on a page. So injecting links onto a page, it's obvious why that's important. So if you can start tricking Google into thinking that these sites are linking to you, we know that links are still important in Google's algorithm and getting good links from good sites definitely helps. Altering the canonical tags is another really interesting um, thing that's possible. We've spoken previously, we've seen Google saying that they don't honor canonical tags that are rendered in JavaScript. And this was tested by several people and proven false. So we found that if you insert canonical tags on pages via JavaScript or via uh, tag management software, such as Google Tag Manager, which relies on JavaScript, that Google does appear to to honor those canonical tags. And this is troublesome because it, it opens up possibilities such as you could straight up copy someone's content and you could manipulate the canonical tag on their site to reference your site as the canonical source for that. So you could say to Google that uh, Google's understanding would then be that that site is just republishing your content and you'll get the credit, you'll get the rankings, you'll get the traffic and obviously the, the money you can make from that from having that content. Now, Tom has confirmed when he's run these tests that the changes that were made by injecting the JavaScript were cached by Google. And this in a way makes it one of the most scary and dangerous attacks because we know there's lots of hacking done in the name of SEO. And what normally happens there is websites uh, tend to get hacked and people will inject links onto sites to link to theirs to try and bolster their Google rankings. And normally the MO of this is the links will be injected and they'll cloak, meaning they'll only show the links and content to Googlebot. So in lots of instances, people, webmasters will have their sites hacked, but when they visit them and when the normal users visit them, they won't appear to be hacked. But when Googlebot's visiting, they'll see different content and links. That's still relatively easy to catch and Google will actually give you alerts live in the SERP and through Google Search Console if it believes your site has been hacked. The difficulty with this is you, if you have someone injecting links technically on your site with this method, the only way you would be able to see that is if you start looking at the cached pages that Google has of your site. There would be no way just by viewing the page on your site at least to tell if someone is doing this. So this is this is a potentially very sneaky, very dangerous attack. Tom has included a, a short paragraph on defense in his blog post, um, and I'll just read this verbatim. He says, the most obvious way to defend against this is to take security seriously and try to ensure you don't have cross-site scripting vulnerabilities on your site. However, given the numbers from Open Bug Bounty above, so he references these in his blog post, it is clear that this is more difficult than it sounds, which is the exact reason that Google added the XSS Auditor's Chrome. 
One quick thing you can do is to check your server logs and search for URLs that have terms such as script in them, indicating a possible cross-site scripting attempt. So Tom's saying that, as, as I mentioned earlier, there's no way to detect this just by looking at your pages, but you will be able to check which, which URLs have been requested from your server. So if these do contain the word script, it's, you, it's very likely, unless you've got those words in your URLs anyway, that someone is trying to execute script through your URLs. Another amazing bit of research by Tom, really interesting, and I can't see this being unused. There will be now, this is in the open, this is in the wild, there will be people, I'm sure, testing this and trying to take advantage of this technique. So definitely something I'd be looking at if I was if I was running a site that we can't confirm doesn't have any XSS vulnerabilities. So thanks for posting that, Tom. Really, really interesting. That's everything for this episode of the Search with Candor podcast. You can grab the show notes as usual at search.withcandor.co.uk. My name's Mark Williams-Cook, and I hope you'll join us again on Monday, the 13th of May for the next episode. And I hope you've all enjoyed your bank holiday weekend.